Good morning. That was beautiful. Hey, I want to make an announcement because we still have people who watch online that the ladies are fine. Uh, just on fifth Sunday, they take a break and and the men get to sing. So, so everybody's well and... Um, Man, when is the girls I'm not sure when that happens, <laughs> but that is a beautiful song. Thank you. That's uh, again, it's just awesome to be here, and it's a beautiful fall morning. And um, this morning, I want to talk to you about uh, about um, loving God. Loving God with our heart, soul, and mind. We'll talk a little bit about neighbors. We're supposed to love our neighbors. I don't know if y'all knew that. But we, we are, and we do a good job of that here. But uh, sometimes we get confused on who our neighbors actually are. Um, there's one, there, there's a few people I'd like for you to meet that are in my life. One of them used to be my next door neighbor. Man. I think when that scripture, I don't think they knew who my neighbor was. You know, I don't think God knew who my neighbor was. No, I think he did. But this little, there was this little boy and lived next door, and we were really close, still really good friend, family friends with him. They moved around the corner. But when Lim was probably about eight years old, he was a handful. Man, what a great kid, though. Love him, but he was very entertaining. Very entertaining. And I'll never forget, one day he comes over to my house, and I'm sitting on the little porch swing I've got out back, and, and he sits down with me. And he, and he looks distraught, which is not like Lim. I said, Lim, what's wrong? And again, he's eight years old, he said, I got kicked out. I said, you got kicked out of what? He said, I got kicked out of my house. I said, how did you get kicked out, out of your house? You're eight years old. I know your mom and dad, but wonderful people, but... He had chewed popcorn and spit it all over the wall. And Kathy keeps a very, very, very nice house, and it made her mad, and, and he thought he was kicked out of his home. So he comes over, and we're swinging, just having a great conversation. I said, I think it's going to be okay, Lim. He said, but where am I going to go? I said, well, I reckon you can stay here with me. I said, that way, you know, if you ever want to see me, they're right there. And then he starts talking about these people like we didn't know him. And I'm like, Liam, who are you talking about? He said, you know our neighbors. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, so he had already accepted the fact that that popcorn probably, thank God there's forgiving people and his mom and dad are forgiving and thank God we serve a Savior who won't kick us out for spitting popcorn either. But yeah, I, one day I hope you get to meet Liam. He's probably about 26 or 7 now. He's still a character. He really is, but a wonderful human being, great family. But sometimes we do forget who our neighbors actually are. And we forget what it means to love God with our heart, soul, and mind. And I want to read a familiar scripture. It's going to come from Matthew 22, and I'm going to read verses 34 through 46. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. 
And one of them, an expert in the law, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love your Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If Davis, David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one has, was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. And this is the word of God. For us, the people of God, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning, Lord. Just thank you for this scripture, Lord. Thank you for, for being a God that we can be in relationship with, Lord. I just pray that as we study this scripture, Lord, your words flow through me, Lord, that the folks here who hear this message, Lord, they hear your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Question from a lawyer. Question from someone who knew the law very well. I, I've never been a lawyer, but I know lawyers usually don't ask questions they don't really know the answer to. They know what they're expecting. But I think Jesus made this lawyer stand back a little bit and just examine himself because I think he thought Jesus was going to pick one law and say, this is it. I think the question that he asked was, it was planned to trap Jesus. It was planned to get Jesus where he would misstep. And again, in choosing one law, he had hoped that Jesus might neglect all the other areas of the law. But you see, Jesus made it very simple. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor. And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You see, Jesus perfectly answered him because he has a perfect understanding of the essence of the law. Jesus knew the law. You see, Jesus had no difficulty answering this. And again, instead of promoting one commandment, he gave him two and then referred to the others and said the rest of them depend on these two. Love the Lord with everything. With everything you have, you should be loving the Lord. And love your neighbor as yourself. So what does it mean to love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind? See, love's a hard word for us to understand sometimes, because in our society, we've watered that word down so much. 
I love these shoes. I love, you know, we refer, this is my favorite, I love this pen. We have watered the word love down to where it just means something that we're, we like or something that we're, we have an affinity towards. It doesn't really mean that we don't use it as a true meaning of love. The true meaning of love is what's being referred to as here. It's talking about if we love God with our heart, mind, and our soul, then everything we do represents that love. Everything we do in our life, every decision we make, we have to consider God's will. We have to put aside sometimes some selfish desires. Again, I told you a couple weeks ago, I'm a very selfish person. I like some things, and I like some things to go exactly like I want them to go, but sometimes I've got to put all that aside and follow God. I've got to be obedient to his call. If I love God, I will be obedient. God has a call on all of our lives. God has a purpose for every one of us. We need to be obedient. If we love God, we'll be obedient. And when our obedience matches his call and his purpose in our life, we call that ministry. If we love God, we'll be obedient. We'll follow his will. We'll put down the the, the selfish desires that we have in order to follow him. You see, Jesus is talking about a full devotion and commitment to God. It means we should be giving him the glory for everything. For everything that's in our life that's good, it comes from God. We need to continue to give him that glory. When things are not going good, we need to use those things and hand them to God because we love him. I've made some messes in my life. I've tried to fix things and made things worse. I'm a fixer. In my mind, I'm a fixer, but I'm really a terror-upper. Because when I try to fix it, sometimes it's worse. It really is. But I like to try to fix things. Things in my life, things in anybody's life, I try to fix them. And sometimes I overstep my bounds because I'm not God. Some things I just need to give to God. Actually, everything I need to give to God. Good, bad, whatever it may be, I need to give it to God. And that wasp, I'm going to give to God here in just a minute if it gets closer. (laughs) That's a big one. All right. It's a good thing I don't get distracted. When we love God with our heart, our mind, and our soul, we put him in the center of everything we do. We put him in the center... Of everything we do. When God is the most important thing in our life, that's what people that's what people should see when they see us. It's a servant of God. If God is truly the center. In order to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, Jesus said in this passage that we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. Comes to another question though. Who is your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? For Liam that day, it was his former parents, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, so even people who disagree with us are, are our neighbors. I don't think Jesus means the people who live in close proximity 
I think Jesus means that our neighbors are people he died for. Our neighbors are the ones that he came to answer these type questions for. If you want to see who your neighbor is, look in somebody's eyes and say, Howdy, neighbor. All right? That's who our neighbors are. You will not look into anybody's eyes that Jesus didn't die for. Let me repeat that. You will never look into anybody's eyes that Jesus didn't die for. Therefore, Jesus is talking about anybody we come in contact with. Those who look like us, those who act like us, and those that don't. Those are our neighbors. Those are our neighbors. And we're called to love them. Neighbors are more than people who live next door. Or in our neighborhood. Or in our communities. Or in our counties. We're called to love everybody that Jesus died for. And to love your neighbor as yourself, it's hard. I just told you I'm selfish. If we're really honest with each other, we're all a little bit selfish. That means if I've got food, my neighbor has food. If I have clothes on my back, that means that I need to guarantee my neighbors have clothes on their back. That means if God loves me, which he does, I need to tell my neighbors that God loves them. That's what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. It's to take care of each other. It's to take care of each other. And Jesus didn't say the other commandments don't matter. It says He said that each of the other commandments of the law, each of the other law, hang on these two. So all the law and the prophets pointed towards these two laws. Specifically pointed towards Jesus. They pointed towards the Messiah. They pointed towards Jesus. In a classroom... I can't have too many rules in a classroom because if I get too many rules, I, get, I can't remember them all. I've had lists before, and I've narrowed it down to two or three rules even in my classroom. And then I try to give kids things to do. And that usually works until I get distracted and I distract them. But, uh, but usually if you give them something to do, you give them some rules, some things to do, and some things, a couple things not to do, they'll usually do what they're supposed to. God, God wants us. God wants us to follow His rules, but more than anything, He wants us to love each other. God wants us to love Him with our heart, soul, and our mind, and our neighbor as ourselves. Then Jesus asked a question. Jesus asked a question. He asked about the Messiah. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. 
You see, they knew the lineage of the Messiah. I don't know if they didn't know Jesus' lineage or if they'd forgotten that he came from David and he was born in the town of David. So he asked them a question. Yeah, he knew the answer to it. And the Pharisees were partially right, saying that the Messiah is the son of David. But you see, the Messiah is also David's Lord. It's hard for them to understand that. The Messiah is the son of David, but it's also David's Lord. It's also the Lord that David prayed to. Again, coming from the lineage of David fulfills scripture, fulfills prophecy, and it fulfills the mortal, the person, the human part of Jesus. He came from David. The part they couldn't understand is he also is God. He came from God. He's God's only son. They didn't understand his deity. Yeah, God sent Jesus for us. He sent Jesus for them. He sent Jesus for everybody we can look in their eyes. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't understand it. Again, Jesus is fully... Fully God and he's fully human. He was fully human. See, no one was able to answer him. And after that, they didn't ask him any more questions. But I want to close. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Do you love God with your heart, soul, and mind? In other words, is he the center of your being? Everything that you do, is he part and the main part, the center, the core of your decision making? Have you fully committed your life to him? And are you giving him the glory in everything in your life? Do you love God with your heart, soul, and mind? Do you treat your neighbor as yourself? Even people who may not look like you, act like you, sin like you, think like you, do you love them? It's easy to love people who are like us. Big question I want to ask is, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Again, Jesus, the Messiah is David's son, but he's also the son of David, but he's also David's Lord. Is he your Lord this morning? Have you accepted him? This morning, if, if you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I pray that uh, you take this opportunity this morning to, to start living for him. Or this morning, if you've, if he's kind of got knocked out of the center of your life, you may be worshiping other things. I pray this morning that you give him the proper place, the place he deserves. I pray that you give him 
that place in your life back where you put the needs of others ahead of your own need. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for sending your Son. Lord, thank you for, for the law. Lord, and thank you most of all for, for taking my sins. Lord, thank you for being my Messiah, my Savior. Lord, thank you for the sacrifice you made for me. The sacrifice that, uh, that I can't do on my own, Lord. Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here, anyone listening, Lord, that uh, don't know you as their personal Savior, Lord, I pray that they come to that knowing, loving understanding of you today. In Jesus' name, amen.